Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Unbothered. Great show today. Going to talk about the Bills and the Rams and how right I was about last night's game. Then I react to Russell Wilson uh, responding to the ESPN smear campaign about him and how the Seahawks tried to move on from him multiple times before they finally did this past offseason. And also Lamar and the Ravens failed to reach an agreement, meaning he will play his year out on his final year of a one-year contract. And then I preview the rest of week one in the NFL, make some game picks as well, and also make some college football picks as well. So let's get started with the Bills taking on the defending champions, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Bills absolutely took it to them. It was great to see, uh, you know, not only me be right about every point, but a majority of people in the media wrong as well. Uh, You know, just, you know, that small sort of vindication was nice. Uh, I was right on a number of things. Let's start with one, Josh Josh Allen. Josh Allen is that guy. Uh, He is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's top four, arguably top three. And anybody who has him less than four doesn't know football because Josh Allen is the real deal. I've been saying he's the best dual threat quarterback in the league. Now, you can make the argument, you know, Lamar Jackson is definitely faster, quicker when running. So is Kyler Murray, faster, quicker. But Josh Allen is fast, and he's built like a tank. 6'5", 240. You can't stop him when he runs a football. It takes three or four guys to do that. Uh, And he was their leading rusher yesterday. 56 yards, 10 carry, a long of 13. He stiff-armed the safety, Scott. Took him down, went full Derrick Henry on the safety. He was amped up for this game. The Bills were amped up on another quarterback rush for a touchdown. Bobby Wagner tried to tackle him. And not even all-pro, pro bowler, Bobby Wagner could stop Josh Allen before he got the touchdown. It was great. Great performance by Josh Allen. Outdueled Matt Stafford uh, in yards, touchdowns, through less interceptions, higher QBR. Josh Allen had a QBR of 89.9. Matthew Stafford had a QBR of 20.9, a pass rating of 63. Josh Allen's passer rating of 112. Josh Allen was great. But who did I say was going to win this game for them? Von Miller. Von Miller was also excellent uh, this game. Yesterday, two sacks for uh, Von Miller. 
you know, three tackles for loss. He was constantly in the backfield. His defensive presence is what helped Buffalo. And Buffalo, to me, had a very good offensive line last year. They weren't great. They were just very good, you know, Still have the same scheme they did last year. This year, Leslie Frazier, great defensive coordinator. They'd rotate eight guys last year, but they didn't have the one star, the one superstar on the defensive line that instilled fear into the other person's team that can consistently get back. There is the leader of the defense, and they went out and got Von Miller, and he's proved dividends. He's the leader of the defense. Josh Allen acknowledged that after the game last night. He was great, but running back would try to trip, uh, chip uh, Von Miller and then, you know, buy Matthew Stafford and the offensive lineman an extra second. Not even that worked. Von Miller looks healthy. He looks dominant, and he was that good yesterday. He was relentless and this whole Bills defensive line was great. Getting Matthew Stafford, sacking him seven times. Another stat I pointed out yesterday was Matthew Stafford, you know, turned the ball over around 7% of plays he was pressured, which was the fourth most by quarterbacks last season. And the Bills brought pressure 32% last year which was the most in the NFL. So I thought that was going to be a problem. Like I said, they sacked Matthew Stafford seven times. The pressure, just from the front, front four alone, because they didn't blitz a lot. They had cover two, put your two safeties beat. Don't let Cooper Cup or these wide receivers uh, beat you on any long throws. And the front four got to Matthew Stafford, pressured him to get seven sacks, but also forced Matthew Stafford to throw three interceptions. And a lot of those, and all three of those were on him. They were ugly, the miss to Higby, the overthrow of Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford did not look sharp. Last year, he led the league in interceptions. He was already starting off with three in the first game. He did not look good. This offensive line, which I thought was going to be shaky, Nobody wanted to talk about this throughout the media, that the Rams' offensive line was going to be different because they lost two starters. I said, hey, you want to talk about the Tampa Bay Bucks' offensive line all you want, but let's look at the Rams' offensive line, and they were dominated. The new left tackle, Noteboom, who replaced Andrew Whitworth, is uh, not Andrew Whitworth to say the least. I think he'll do in all right job, but he's not going to be that Pro Bowl type player at the left tackle. They were, to, you know, Phillips' defensive tackle was able to get interior pressure on the new right guard as well. So this offensive line is in shambles. What else can they do? They can't run the football. Yesterday, uh, their running game was abysmal. Cam Akers, three rushes, zero yards, and he was supposed to be the lead back. But it went to Daryl Henderson, and he had 13 carries for 47 yards. As a team, they only had 52 rushing yards on 18 carries, which was 2.9 yards per carry. You can't win football being one-dimensional. And last year, they didn't run the football particularly well. And 
yesterday they couldn't run at all. And when you can't run the football and you're getting there with four, you don't need to load the box up. You don't re- uh, respect the play action. You play your defense. And the Bills overwhelmed the Rams right from the start. It was a master class by the Bills, uh, but just some questionable decisions by the Rams. One is they're very Cooper Cup dependent. They had 29 catches yesterday. 13 of them was Cooper Cup. So almost half your receptions are Cooper Cup alone. He had 128 receiving yards. The rest of your team had 112. So Cooper Cup has essentially half your targets, your only touchdown, and more than half your receiving yards. They are two Cooper Cup dependent. Higby uh, wasn't engaged much. He had five catches, but he had a couple of drops. Matthew Stafford, a couple of bad throws to him as well. Allen Robinson, one catch, two targets. That is not going to get it done. So this team did not look good. Now, the question is, with this poor offensive line play, can they fix the running game? Can they protect Matthew Stafford? Because Matthew Stafford was looking very Detroit Lion-esque yesterday and that he was running around making poor decisions with the football, whereas the other team looked prepared to play and the Rams simply did not. Another thing the Bills did well, they were 9 of 10 on third downs. 90%. It's crazy. If you're the Rams defense, you have to get off the field, and they could not get off the field. And then my last point, I'll recap of being right about, is Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is not that guy. He's not. I'm sorry. uh, Once upon a time, he was that guy with the Jags in kind of his first year with the Rams uh, when the Rams had the number one defense. Jalen Ramsey was elite. But he's not that dude anymore. He's burnt toast. Jalen Ramsey has allowed a deep touchdown in four of his last six games including playoffs, and before that, Ramsey had gone the previous 65 games without allowing a single one. So, again, he's not that guy. And I think Josh Allen keeps receipts, too. In 2018, after Josh Allen was drafted, Jalen Ramsey said, I think Josh Allen is trash. That's a stupid draft pick to me. I don't see it personally. And Jalen Ramsey yesterday allowed a perfect passer rating of 158.3 in week one. He was targeted seven times, allowed six receptions for 124 yards and two touchdowns. And Stephon Diggs let him know about it. He's not shut down. Can we please stop saying number one cornerback in the game? Because he's just not. Uh... The Rams were exposed yesterday. Like I said, the schedule gets tougher from here. Yes, it was just one game. Uh, We're lucky to get the Falcons next week. They'll bounce back. But Buffalo did everything right. And the Rams tried to execute for game plan. And 
they did a very poor job of it, and they only face Bills-like team in the future with the 49ers coming up of the Buccaneers. So the Cardinals, it gets tough for the Rams, and they have to figure out how to block fast, how to play football relatively quick now. But congratulations to the Bills uh, for beating the Rams by a score of 21. Uh, It was nice to watch football again. So Bills Mafia rejoice in that win. And I start my picks and predictions at 1-0. Again, that makes me feel good as well. Now let's move on to Russell Wilson. There's been multiple stories about Russell Wilson on ESPN. You know, the Seahawks putting out, you know, the Seahawks in 2018 went to Patch Mahomes Pro Day uh, in Senior Day, you know, combine, try to get in some secret drills with him because if a Patrick Mahomes was going to be available to them late in 2018, they were going to pick him. They also tried to go after Josh Allen as well. So, yes, uh, you know, disrespect to Russell Wilson. To me, it's the ultimate disrespect when he was playing well those years. And for uh, the Seahawks to, you know, not give him any love, uh, you know, as well, uh, one of the people who passed on Wilson, you know, who knows the Seattle front office, said, you know, at that time, 2018, 2019, that Russell Wilson's just not as mobile as he used to be, and they felt like he's a descending player. And Russell Wilson responded to all that, saying, I don't worry about all that stuff. People have opinions and thoughts and ideas. They have a right to think what they want. Uh, But overall, Russell Wilson just kept it positive and just how happy he is to be in Denver and how happy Denver is to have him. And that's what you need in football. And this is just outside of Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady early on uh, had a coach that believed in him and Bill Belichick. And I think, you know, in his later years, his last few years with uh, Bill, they both kind of wanted to move on, but they still won Super Bowls. But as an outlier, you usually want a coach that believes in you, that, you know, wants you there so that the quarterback, you know, coach is the most important relationship in football. Uh, we see that with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, uh, the success they have together, uh, you know, the respect that they have, uh, you know, Josh Allen now and Sean McDermott, a great duo, Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. We saw that with, you know, before Matthew Stafford, uh, Jared Goff and McVay wanting to move on from him, uh, You know, that offense that was so good at one point deteriorated. Uh, The relationship deteriorated in an affected play on the football. So to have a coach that believes in you, you want to be there. Uh, The culture there is great. So what Seattle did to Russell Wilson, you know, and what they've been saying, it's the sign of ultimate disrespect. 
And that's why I think Russell Wilson has a bit of a chip on his shoulder. That's why I think he's going to play great. Uh, and he's played great for the majority of his career. Now, he's had stretches where, of course, he's played better. Uh, and he's had stretches where, you know, he's played poorly, turned the ball over. But I think he's looking forward to that game Monday night in Seattle. I think he'll get a warm welcome from fans. I think he's dearly beloved in his community. All the work he did, you know, going to the children's hospitals every Tuesday and all the community work he was involved in. To me, Russell Wilson's, you know, a great guy overall. You know, doesn't say anything wrong. He's just obsessed with winning. He said, you know, watching Tom Brady you know, win the Super Bowl a couple of years ago while I was up there in the press, um, press box with Roger Goodell for winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. He just wanted to be in that situation again, competing for Super Bowls. And he realized that Seattle was not going to invest in him and that he wasn't going to be close to anywhere near a Super Bowl for the remainder of that time. But I think Russell Wilson is going to succeed in this new unit with the Denver Broncos. Next, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens fail to reach a contract agreement, which means that he is going to play this season without a new contract, He's betting on himself in his final year. Uh, you know, wanted a big deal. We don't know exactly what he wanted, but it would probably be in the ballpark of, you know, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, you know, type of guaranteed money with the average, you know, cap of Aaron Rodgers. We don't know that for sure. Uh but it is a big risk that he is taking playing without a new contract, especially with the style of football that he plays in, that he's a quarterback that likes to scramble. uh, So he'll take a lot of hits and he has been dinged up in the past. So this could very much well affect his contracts and his leverage over the course of the season. Now, it could work out for him. He could have this Aaron Judge type of year and just knock it out of the park, be the front runner to win the MVP, go scorched earth. But there's also a chance that the Ravens are just average. And there's so many people saying that, you know, Lamar is going to go scorched earth. He's going to win the MVP. He's going to prove to everybody you know, you forgot about me while we talked about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and now Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. But I don't think it's that simple. Uh, to me, it's not simple for a number of reasons. One of those being uh, is, you know, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Those are all pro-style quarterbacks, meaning uh, – They're more conventional, uh, modeled after the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady's. Now they can move on their feet, but their first instinct is the throw. They all throw the football beautifully, and, you know, they rack up four or 5,000 career passing yards per season. 
you know, throw for 40-plus touchdowns, high completion percentage, high QBR. They are very talented at throwing the football. Lamar, on the other hand, is not super talented at throwing the football. Uh, Only once his MVP year did he throw over 3,000 yards. That was like barely, that was 3,100 yards. And Lamar Jackson is more of that scrambler, more of that Michael Vick. Accuracy's not great, but passing numbers don't jump out at you. But he does make those Madden-like plays, video game-like numbers with his rushing numbers in terms of his yards. So again, very different for Lamar Jackson than these other quarterbacks. And another thing, not at Lamar's disposal, is the weapons. Outside of Mark Andrews, they have no weapons. To me, they have the worst wide receiver group in the league because outside of Rashawn Bateman, they don't have anybody. And nobody wants to play in this style of offense either where it's run heavy, will be the number one rushing unit, and we'll throw to our tight end, Mark Andrews. So Mark Andrews is great, but they're Mark Andrews dependent. They're old school, you know, running the football. It's not a transformational or revolutionary type of running game or power run instituted in like the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. It's not that. So I don't think Lamar's going to have a great season. They're not talented on offense. The offensive line is okay, you know, better than average, but not great. And the defense is promising. Uh, But again, you have cornerbacks like Marcus Peters that also get burned a lot when he's healthy. So I think this team's definitely going to improve from last year. But I don't think they're going to be great. You know, Marquise Brown, who Lamar Jackson had a clear friendship and relationship with on and off the field, is now gone, was a thousand-yard receiver. That hurts Lamar Jackson and the dynamic of this offense. That's why I don't think he has a great season. I think he has a good season, but not a great season. And same with the Ravens as an overall team. They have a good season, not a great one. Moving on now to the NFL Week 1 preview and picks. Now I'm going to start with the Sunday night game, one that's being talked about a lot, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. It is a rematch of last year's season opener between Tampa Bay and Dallas. However, this one takes place in Dallas. Who has the edge in this game and why? I'm rolling with Tampa Bay. It might be obvious, but Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win this game. First off, Tom Brady, 6-0 and against the Cowboys. He's never lost to them. And I don't think he's going to start on Sunday night either in prime time. I think he goes 7-0. and uh, I think this offense, which has been talked about a lot, but their backups are pretty good. I think the defense holds up, especially when you consider the loss of Randy Gregory on the other side. I believe Tristan Wirfs can handle his own, but Micah Parsons was able to do so last year. And 
I know Chris Godwin's a game-time decision. Russell Gage is a game-time decision. Mike Evans will be just fine. I think Julio Jones will be good. Cameron Brake, Kyle Rudolph will be good. Leonard Fournette will be explosive as well. And uh, a lot of talk is on Trevon Diggs, the cornerback for the uh, Cowboys, who was all pro last year. But if we want to look at Jalen Ramsey's highlight tape and how poorly he's played the last six games, that's like Trevon Diggs for a whole season. But he has more interceptions because they just target him a bunch more. So the defense, the secondary in general, is not that good. Uh, and when, when you flip it over, now let's talk about Tampa Bay's defense and Dallas's offense. Dallas has lost their starting left tackle. That's big for Dak. Dak's also aggravated his ankle injury. He's blamed it on his cleat that he used, and the cleat caused the injury. I don't buy that. I don't believe that your shoe causes you an injury. I think it's something that happened in practice that aggravated his ankle injury. So that hurts if he's not dynamic with his legs. Zeke has not been himself the past two or three years now. Can't expect him to show up tomorrow night uh, when the Buccaneers are one of have one of the best rushing defenses. Uh, with Vita Vea down in the middle, and they added Akeem Hicks, and then rushing Dak on that weekend offensive line that has now lost their left tackle due to injury, their right tackle, Lyle Collins, left for Cincinnati, and you got Shaq Barrett and Treon Shrinka on the other side. I think it's going to be takeoff on the runway on Dak Prescott. They get to him. I believe they can double CeeDee Lamb, Carlton Davis, Antoine Winfield, and then there's no other receiver that scares you. Uh, so everybody wants to talk about Tom Brady. How mentally focused is he going to be for this game? Uh, with the 11-day trip that he just took and, you know, the little retirement that he had and, you know, supposed marital issues that, you know, people are bringing up. It's not going to matter much. Tom Brady's going to be locked in. This team is going to be locked in. I like this offense more because it's not going to be handicapped by Bruce Arians. I think Tom Brady knows what he's doing. I think he loves working with Byron Leftwich as well, who didn't take the Jags coaching gig and came back. That helps, I think, uh, the demeanor of Todd Bowles. It's much more better for this team. can still spend a lot of time on the defense with the defensive coordinator. And I think Tampa Bay wins comfortably against America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Sliding now to the morning games. Let's go New Orleans, Atlanta. This is an interesting game because, just for me, how healthy is New Orleans? How good is Jameis Winston going to look? Michael Thomas has dealt with an injury as well. He hasn't been healthy. How's he going to look? And then also with uh, Tyron Matthew, he's dinged up. So question marks for this New Orleans team and their injuries. But Atlanta, it's – they don't really have any players. It's, to me, one of the worst – 
uh, rosters in the NFL. Uh, quarterback Marcus Mariota is going to lead them. Drake London should be good. Cordero Patterson back here, but they've got no defense. So to me, this is a very intriguing game because to me, it's going to test New Orleans right away. Uh, outside of their defense, how's their offense looking? Camaro was nagged with you know knee injuries last year. Is he back healthy? Is Michael Thomas back healthy? Is Jameis Winston? That's a big question mark moving forward for the New Orleans Saints. Falcons no longer have Matt Ryan. Uh, so, you know, Dennis Allen, new coach there in New Orleans, no longer Sean Payton. Dennis Allen was a failed coach 10 years ago, went 8-28 and 28 in his, like, three or four-year stint with the Raiders. Is he better now with this team? We'll see. I like New Orleans to win this game, but I think it's going to be very close, and this is one I also go back and forth on. San Francisco and Chicago. This is Trey Lance's time to quiet the critics. I think Trey Lance is going to be a great quarterback. I think he's going to be, you know, have the best year two jump from his rookie year to his sophomore year. I think he's going to be great. But it's time to show bet on the field for 60 minutes. We've seen flashes in the postseason. Flashes last year, but it's time to do it now for 60 minutes. George Kittle is most likely not to play with a groin injury. That hurts as well because George Kittle is a great red zone target, is great when you need a first down as well. So that's going to hurt. So Debo should have a monster game uh, taking advantage of a poor, poor, poor Chicago defense. But I also want to see Justin Fields. He's going up against a really good defense. How does he look against the San Francisco 49ers with the lack of talent around him? Has he made any progress as a starter in this offense? I like San Francisco to win and win big, even though it's in Chicago. But I want to see a great game from Trey Lance. Because if he doesn't, against the lowly Chicago Bears, which is probably one of the easiest teams, if not the easiest team they're going to play this whole year, things might start to grow. It might get a little noisier down there in San Francisco. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Bengals have dominated Pittsburgh recently. They haven't won. Pittsburgh hasn't beat the Bengals. I think a year and a half, two years, uh, ever since Juju Smith-Schuster was, you know, dancing, doing his TikTok dances on the halftime logo, or at the 50-yard line uh, logo in Cincy. He got lit up, you know, on a tackle, and Cincinnati hasn't looked back since against the Steelers. And I think Cincinnati rolls. I think Joe Burrow has a great game to Offensive line, which is newly constructed, newly constructed, holds up against this Steelers front four that has Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt. I think they do a tremendous job showing how much they've improved the retooling of this offensive line. 
And then nobody has the corners in the league, three of them, to cover the offensive weapons of Cincinnati. So they'll be great. And Pittsburgh, of course, is starting Mitch Trubisky. And the Bengals will be able to contain him, get to him, because he's not a great quarterback. I definitely think Cincinnati will win this game and also win comfortably as well. They won't be able to keep Jamar Chase in check or anyone else in this game. I think Cincinnati has a big game. Uh, They open up with a win over a rival and kind of get that, you know, taste of the Super Bowl defeat out of their mouth relatively quick. Another intriguing game. The Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. Can you believe it? Tua Tagovailoa has never lost a game against Bill Belichick. Kind of crazy when you think about it. Will it continue? I think so. Uh, Just because New England has had trouble in Miami. I know New England got down early to Miami to get acclimated to the weather, the environment. And kind of some extra practice there before the game. I don't think it'll matter much. I think Mike McDaniel's excellent new head coach for Miami. Uh, he's going to put Tua in a great situation to sort of manage the football game. He's going to get the ball out fast, accurately uh, to Tyree Kill and to Jalen Waddle. I think this offense is going to be explosive. And New England's going to have a tough time on defense. And then offensively, even though no Byron Jones, Xavier Howard questionable. Again, New England doesn't have the weapons at all for Mac Jones to kind of take a bigger jump than he probably should. I think New England is in trouble. Uh, Again, a lot of noise around their camp. And, you know, will Mac Jones regress with, you know, an offensive coordinator and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge that aren't offensive coordinators. So I do think New England's going to struggle, going to struggle early in this game, uh, and Miami's going to come out uh, with a win. Next up, Baltimore and the New York Jets. Only you know subplot here is that Joe Flacco is starting for the New York Jets which means Joe Flacco is starting against his former team and his former backup in Lamar Jackson. Lamar is the one who took the starting quarterback away from Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is the one who took the starting quarterback job away from uh, Joe Flacco, I mean. And I think the Ravens win. Uh, you know, I, I'm just not sold on the Jets. It's The Jets aren't good, and it, it's as much as you want to say the Jets have improved, and I like their draft a lot. It's the Jets, and the Jets haven't been good for quite some time, so I think Lamar Jackson and their lack of other offensive talent on this team is enough to beat the Jets. Uh, Joe Flacco, way past his prime. Uh, even if some of the injuries on defense for Ravens, ties Bauer are gone, it'll be enough to stop uh, Joe Flacco and the Jets. Uh, maybe it might be interesting for a quarter or a half, 
but I believe Baltimore pulls away and wins that game. Uh, I like Baltimore to win. Jacksonville and Washington. Washington is the favorite in this game, but to me, this one has upset written all over it. Uh, if you want to pick kind of a a nice upset pick here, I might be going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, why? Urban Meyer, disgraced head coach, is now out. They bring in Doug Peterson, excellent coach. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think we'll take a bigger jump with him. Doug Peterson is also going against his former quarterback, Nick Foles, or my bad, uh, Carson Wentz, who they were together in Philadelphia. I think uh, Doug Peterson knows a thing or two about Carson Wentz. I think he's going to have his defense in line. To me, both offenses don't jump out at me. But I think we're going to see Trevor Lawrence take a decent-sized jump this year under Doug Peterson. I think he's going to have his guys ready to go uh, in Trevor Lawrence. And, of course, the commanders are missing Chase Young for their pass rush. Uh James Robinson should be back after tearing his Achilles. So, to me, things are sort of lining up uh, for the Jaguars uh, to sort of win this game. Now, they've lost a record 16 consecutive games against NFC opponents, uh, which to me is not something you want going into this game. But I just have this feeling that With Travis Etienne and James Robinson, they'll be able to run the football, control the line of scrimmage. I know their weapons aren't great with Christian Kirk uh, and Marvin Jones, but they should suffice enough. And I think Jacksonville might be able to squeak out with a win against the Commanders. Another intriguing game, Carolina and Cleveland. Kind of odds makers are, you know, even on this, no favorite. Carolina gets to host Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield gets to play his former team in his opening debut season opener with the Panthers. Uh, I think this is going to be a great game. And Baker's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's playing emotional. I think that... Emotion is going to be in check. Baker, when playing with a chip on his shoulder, is one of the best players, uh, fiery opponent. And, you know, he's kind of been disrespected by, you know, I shouldn't say kind of, he was disrespected uh, by uh, the Cleveland Browns. Browns organization saying they needed an adult at quarterback, but they go out and get Deshaun Watson, who clearly in his you know, 24 civil lawsuits against him is, you know, no adult or role model at all. So the clowns uh, do that, and they say they need an adult at quarterback, don't have anything glowing to say about Baker, even though Baker got them their lone playoff win uh, in like 20 years and winning records. So the front office coaches did him dirty, and none of the players really – Supported him when he left on. Nick Chubb said, with Baker, we don't know what to expect on Sunday. 
Uh, and Miles Garrett also had nothing glowing to say about Baker Mayfield as well. You know, didn't respond to any texts from Baker Mayfield. So, there you go. Uh, you know, Coach Stefanski on the Browns side saying it's just Browns versus Panthers, not paying much attention to Baker Mayfield. But they're going out there with Jacoby Brissett. Baker's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Revenge game. Baker's not going to forget about it. Uh, if you remember, and, you know, Baker's, I think, second year after Hugh Jackson was fired uh, and kind of got a nice touchdown against the Bengals because Hugh Jackson was a coordinator on there. He kind of stared him down. I can see similar things happening. I think Baker Mayfield is going to show out. He's going to want to prove a point. He's got Rashawn Higgins, a target of his from Cleveland over there. He's got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, uh, Christian McCaffrey of Healthy. Plays the whole game. I think Carolina is going to win. I don't trust Jacoby Brissett and Amaria Cooper. I think they can run the ball well. Uh, Miles Garrett will be excellent. So, very intriguing game. But give me Baker Mayfield and the Panthers over Jacoby Brissett and the Clowns any day of the week. Next up, Indianapolis-Houston. Not much to really see here. I expect Indianapolis to steamroll. Jonathan Taylor to be great again. Matt Ryan to have an excellent first day as the new Colts quarterback. Uh, The defense, you know, even without Shaq Leonard, will be just fine in this opener against Houston. Uh, To me, that would be probably the most shocking thing of a day is if Houston somehow beat Indy in this game, that might be the most, be the most shocking upset to me of the week. Also, Detroit in Philadelphia. This, to me, you know, will be a much more competitive game than last year. Last year, these two teams played in Philly, and Eagles rolled them 44-6. to Jalen Hurts looked amazing, one of his best games, uh, just all the Eagles as a, as a whole. I think this game is going to be much, much closer. Eagles improved during the offseason, but so did the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are no longer, to me, a basement team, a bottom dweller of the NFL. They are going to be a, a very competitive team. They were competitive for a large chunk of last year. A lot of unlucky breaks. They won't get as unlucky last year. I think they'll be much improved this year. I think the Eagles will be better too. I think this game is going to be very close. I'll pick the Eagles to win this one. Uh, just because I've seen the Eagles play more with this team. Like I said, they've gotten better. Detroit's gotten better. But until I see the Lions actually win, win a season opener, you know, look good for stretches, you know, there's always hesitancies there with the Detroit Lions. I'm giving them a shot to win, but I still like the Eagles in this game. The New York Giants and the Tennessee Titans. 
what do we have here? Well, we have the New York Giants' new head coach, Brian Dable. Is Daniel Jones going to improve? And then on the Tennessee Titans side, they are a former number one seed. How are they going to do this year? Uh, they lost A.J. Brown. They traded him away. Julio Jones left in free agency. You know, rookie Traylon Burks, uh, Burks. And you have Robert Woods now from the Rams. So very, you know, new skill positions there at wide receiver. However, one thing remains the same. Derrick Henry. And I think Derrick Henry will be dominant to start the season off. Dominant this season. I think he'll have a great game against the Giants. I don't think the Giants will be able to contain Derrick Henry. I think the Titans will have a great opening day. Uh, And again, there will be a lot of question marks for the New York Giants, like the Tennessee Titans, uh, to win. Next, Minnesota and Green Bay. Again, here we go. Aaron Rodgers saying uh, yesterday that, you know, beginning of the year, uh, you know, Bears fans, Vikings fans, uh, teams in the division, they all have a lot of hope. Are we going to, you know, take down the Packers? And this year could be the year because no Devontae Adams. The roster looks a little weaker offensively. Is this going to be their year? But as Aaron said, it usually doesn't work out well for those guys uh, since he's really been here at quarterback as he's dominated this division. And he's right. Green Bay has dominated this division, but there is no Devontae. The new number one wide receiver, Alan Lazard, is doubtful. That makes me worried for game one. And I think this is another upset pick here. Uh and I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to win this game. This line has shrunk. Green Bay is only a one-and-a-half point favorite. And I think Minnesota can win this game. It's in Minnesota. Green Bay doesn't usually have the best of starts to their seasons. We saw that last year. They got wiped off the face of a planet that first game uh, against Jameis Winston and the Saints. And there's all these question marks, but... Packers turned out to be just fine in the regular season. I could see a very similar game where Kirk Cousins looks great in this one game. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, they're putting up points. Uh, you know, the Green Bay defense, who I think is going to be really good. Uh, they're kind of getting their legs underneath them. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is missing Alan Lazard. And uh, they can't really make big plays to come back in this game if Minnesota jumps out to an early lead. So I'm leaning towards Minnesota in this game uh, just because I don't think Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, will have Lazard, have some of his weapons. And I think he's going to realize in this first game, uh, getting, you know, real team, real game, that it's going to be tough now for a whole season without Devontae. It's one thing for Devontae to miss a game or two in a season and, you know, still win, you know, could seem easy. But for a full regular season, not having Devontae, we haven't seen that story with Aaron Rodgers in quite some time. So yes, I think Minnesota has a very strong chance of upsetting the Green Bay Packers 
But if they do, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to sit here and think, oh, Minnesota's got this in the bag now. I'm going to win the AFC North. No, Packers are still king of this division until I see otherwise and until Aaron Rodgers sees otherwise. Kansas City and Arizona up next. Two high-powered offense. The fast starts of the Arizona Cardinals to begin the season. Going up against the Chiefs, it's Mahomes, it's Murray. Two very dynamic quarterbacks here in Arizona. How great this will be. And I think this is going to be a shootout. I really do. I'm picking Kansas City to win. But I think this game is going to be a shootout. Uh, to me, both defense are not that impressive. The Cardinals' defense was impressive in their 7-0 win streak last year, but were exposed later in this season for not having really any depth at all at any position. So they were kind of exposed. But I think offensively, they'll be just fine because Kansas City doesn't have a dominant defense. They lost Tyrone Matthew. I think this will be a shootout. Uh, you know, and I think Arizona, defensively, they should play it safe. Uh, they shouldn't, you know, now that Tyreek is gone, you know, change up defensive uh, plays just because of that. I think they should still play it safe because Patrick Mahomes is the ability to sling it. Double coverage. Uh, Travis Kelsey, that should be a, you know, every single play you should be double covered. Force somebody else to beat you. You keep a safety over top, and I think Arizona has a chance to win this game, but I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury. I don't trust Kyler Murray in clutch situations. I touch, I trust Patrick Mahomes, who's been much more clutch in these positions to win a close game or win a shootout against the Arizona Cardinals. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. Cliff Kingsbury knows Patrick Mahomes, coached together in college. Uh, Mahomes knows him. So, again, great, great game. Shootout, but I got the Chiefs winning. And last but not least, a rematch of last year's regular season finale, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers. Las Vegas beat the Chargers in overtime last year to go to the playoffs, sent Los Angeles out of the playoffs. Very, very exciting uh, rematch here in L.A., but I expect a lot of Las Vegas Raiders fans to be there for that game. Uh, you know, I think Derek Carr will be great. We get to see Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, former college buddies, who have trained in the offseason together uh, before this trade. I think they'll pick off and be great because I think Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league. I think Derek Carr is a great quarterback, so I expect Las Vegas to put up points. I think Max Crosby will pick up where he left off and getting after the quarterback. Chandler Jones will be a nice piece as well uh, for this defense. And I think Las Vegas can win this game. Uh, big reason why Los Angeles Chargers look like their number one corner. J.C. Jackson will be out with an ankle injury that's uh, kind of popped up now last minute. If he's not good to go on Devontae, which would have been a premier 
matchup, uh, Devontae Adams might feast, and then it, that just affects the rest of the positions, Darren Waller at tight end, Hunter Renfro on the slot. So I think Las Vegas Raiders will score some points. Uh, the Chargers, Brandon Staley is aggressive, uh, makes some dumb calls, lose that game. Uh, I can see the Chargers walking out of there with a win. I don't think they avenge last year's regular season finale, but it still goes to Las Vegas, in which is the best week one lineup, I think, ever in the NFL season, uh, where there's just so many games you want to watch, but of course can't watch them all. Uh, Great week one. NFL schedulers knew what they were doing this year. Great, so many great matchups. So that's week one covered of the NFL. Time to make some college picks. Had two L's last week, but overall I felt good about my college picks. Went eight and two. Let's see if I can replicate some more success quickly as I make some college football picks as game day will tomorrow. Starting off with Alabama, Texas. It's game day. It's two story programs. Alabama, Texas, a rematch of the 2010 National Championship game where Nick Saban won his first ever with Alabama. They knocked out Colt McCoy, and after that, they steamrolled Texas and captured a perfect season that year. I think Alabama wins this game, Uh, not because they'll knock out a quarterback or anything like that, just because... It's tough to beat Alabama. Now, this game's in Texas. Uh, I think they'll be fired up. I think if it was a night game, it might be a little different. But since it's a morning game, uh, or, yeah, it is a morning game there in Texas as well, it's going to be business as usual for uh, Alabama. Bryce Young has been great. Uh, This offensive line for Texas is very young. It's raw. Uh, I think Will Anderson will get after Quinn Ewers there, and I think Alabama wins, you know, by two touchdowns against Texas. Wake Forest, Vanderbilt. Picking Wake Forest, uh, again, they've been a very good team. They were good last year. They're continuing it. I think they beat Vanderbilt uh, there. Tennessee and Pittsburgh, another interesting matchup. This one, Pittsburgh last week just escaped with a win against West Virginia with a crazy pick six. Now they face Tennessee, who is not ranked, but after beating Ball State, they're now ranked. This, you know, I go back and forth, but I'm picking Tennessee just because Pittsburgh didn't look that great last week. And Tennessee's also in the SEC, and the SEC to me is a league ahead of the ACC. So that's why I'm picking Tennessee. Washington State, Wisconsin. Wisconsin dominant running game, Braylon Allen. Uh, Paul Christ is, to me, a very underrated head coach. I think Wisconsin rolls, runs all over Washington State. Houston, Texas Tech. Everybody was saying how good Houston was as a group of five school. I wasn't that impressed. Took three overtimes to beat UTSA, and I know, I know UTSA was good last year, but it's UTSA. I'm going to pick Texas Tech. They upset Houston, who's supposed to be this great group of five school. 
in Houston, or in or my bad, Texas Tech wins this game, and the group of five is basically in shambles after this week. Iowa State and Iowa. Big rivalry there. And I'm picking Iowa State now. Matt Campbell, head coach here at Iowa State, is only real good year has been that pandemic year, but Iowa's offense is not good. Great defense, but offense for the better part of last year and to start off the first game, which they won 7-3, to didn't score a touchdown. It was two safeties and a field goal. Very uninspiring. I have Iowa State knocking off Iowa. Kentucky, Florida. Big-time matchup. They split the past four after the previous 31 went to Florida. But I'm going with Florida just because it's in the swamp. Florida gets lucky having two big first games there in the swamp where it's humid. It's tough to play. I think this is a very good game. But Florida gets a win. Anthony Richardson outplays Levis there at Kentucky. USC, Stanford. Going USC, I'd love to see Stanford pull off the upset, David Shaw, but I don't think they have it. I think USC uh, is going to have the ability to beat weaker teams, beat them up good with their talent of Caleb Williams and you know Jordan Addison. I think USC can handle Stanford. Arizona State and Oklahoma State. I'm going Arizona State for the upset. Not just because I'm an alum, but Oklahoma State lost their defensive coordinator, lost some talent there as a team, and we haven't really seen them tested. I think Arizona State upsets Oklahoma State. And Baylor, BYU. I'm going to go Baylor, BYU. Top two receivers will not be playing in that game tomorrow. Uh, Because of that, I think Baylor feasts, you know, if those two wide receivers are in. Definitely give it to BYU because it's going to be in BYU. Tough place. But Baylor, I think, will come in there now. Top two receivers going for BYU. They win. This has been Unbothered. Great football weekend on tap. Uh, Tomorrow and Sunday, NFL is officially back. It's exciting. Hope you all have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.